Hi everybody, this is Will and Eric, and welcome to Becoming a Task Ruler, the show about what it takes to become successful entrepreneurs for people with very little money, no experience, or friends in high places. Learn from our mistakes, benefit from our success, and walk away with a better chance of making your own dreams come true. So today, uh, Eric and I are going to talk about brute force attacks. Uh, it's pretty common in our industry. And ultimately what that means is there's a hacker that has found access to your website or found a way to get in and they're using all types of credentials to try to guess uh, username and passwords. And um, hold on, wait, you said they found a way to get in. So they hacked you already? No, so they found a way to like a logon page, you know, um, to put in credentials. So like an admin page, because how normally like people build their sites uh, like WordPress or Wix or anything or something of the sort, there's an admin uh, portal that these websites or applications have. So once they gain uh, access to that portal, meaning they know how to directly get there to put in credentials to gain access to the back end, uh, that's when they start trying to guess usernames and passwords. Now, people think that it's a person doing this. No, there's algorithms and there's bots that just continuously uh, berate your admin uh, logon with passwords, trying to guess it. So we just ran into that just a little bit ago. And Eric is here to explain what was going on and, and, and what happened. Okay, so a brute force attack is when they try and guess what your password is. But they can only do that if they know what your username is. Um, so they, they have one piece of the puzzle and they're missing another piece, which is your password. So hopefully you're using a nice, strong password and it'll take them thousands of years to guess what the password is because there are just way too many permutations to try. So it's really important to use a good, strong password. So let's talk a little bit about how they got your username in the first place. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if your, your site is built on WordPress or not, but most of my sites are. Uh, WordPress is a very popular, um, you know, open source framework for building and managing websites. And it's pretty common. Yeah. People yeah, use it as their baseline. Yeah. A lot of sites are built using it today. And I think it's over 50% of websites, um, you know, based on the latest statistics that are using WordPress. So it's very common, which means all the uh, low lives out there, um, the good for nothing people who have nothing better to do, but to make your life miserable, you can tell I hate them. Uh, <laughs> you know, knowing how WordPress works, they've found ways to get a hold of your username. And this is kind of WordPress's fault because WordPress, you know, they, they do take security 
very seriously, but they also do a number of sketchy things that to me are sketchy, but for them are like, nah, this is okay. Um, but for me, it's like, why would you do this? Um, so for example, people can find what your usernames are by typing in a certain um, set of characters after your domain name. So say your domain name is mywebsite.com. After the .com part, all they have to type in is forward slash question mark author equals one. And bam, they know what your author name is. Uh, and, you know, because you type, because it's such a weird URL, you're not even aware that you can even type that in and get to it. But this is something a lot of um, scammers and spammers out there know that they can type in and they know that a lot of folks aren't aware of yet. So they probably can find your username using that URL because you don't know that you need to do something to hide it. Um, and that's a lot of problem. Uh, that's the problem that I've had with a lot of my websites is um, if I type in that set of characters, I can find out what the root password is. And they can actually change the one to a two or a three to see what the other usernames might be. So you got to make sure you're hiding your usernames and uh, making sure that they're not able to find out who the author is by the username, because that's what ends up showing up on the page, the username. So you got to make sure you're hiding your username and you have to make sure that you're disabling the ability to navigate to that forward slash question mark author equals one URL. So what I'll do for you is include a link in this uh, podcast episode on how you can go ahead and do that. So if you're interested in learning, say, for example, you have a WordPress website uh, and you want to get better with your security, which you should definitely do. Um, you know, this is definitely one of the ways that you can prevent folks from learning what your usernames are. And this is something that WordPress doesn't really tell you, like once you install WordPress, there's nothing in there that says, hey, here's a few things that you should do. I myself have a checklist of different action items I do whenever I build a WordPress website. And that list just keeps growing. Every time I come up with a new issue regarding security and spamming and malicious files and things like that happening on the website, I do a little bit of research and, well, look at that. There's a new vulnerability that I just discovered with WordPress. Um, and then I add that to the list. And so every time I do a new WordPress website, there's a new thing that I have to do to prevent these little uh, loopholes from being exploited by these scammers. Um, so what happened to me this week is um, I noticed that the CPU usage on the server was really high, something like upwards of 89, um, sometimes 99% or um, you know, even higher than that, maybe sometimes even 100% of the CPU power is going towards this one website. And I'm scratching my head thinking, that doesn't sound right. Why is this website using so much CPU power? Um, because I took a look at the website to see what some of the different functions um, are on the website and how much CPU usage it actually takes. And you can do all this through the cPanel yeah. of your website. 
Um, so we'll do an episode on that if if we need to. But there's a lot of different ways that you can monitor um, how traffic and performance is doing on your website. So definitely take a look at your CPU and see if it's always clocking at the high end of upwards of 90% because you know there might be a problem, especially since you don't have that much traffic going to your website in the first place. And so before you continue, I just want to mention that um, Eric mentioned CPU. So for you know us IT people and for people in the tech world, we know what that means. But for people that are just tuning in and want to learn what's going on, uh, think of the CPU as the brain of your website. And it's trying to like someone is doing something to access all of this information. So think of just you being overwhelmed by hundreds of people asking you a question at the same time. Uh, it's an overload for you. So that's what's happening um, in this brute force attack is that the brain of um, the WordPress website or infrastructure is being asked too much at the same time. Yeah, so any server, like we're all using computers. We're using computers on our phone. Uh, we're using laptops. We're using iPads. And every one of those devices needs some kind of processor. So if you've ever bought an iPhone or a computer and it gave you a list of the specs and it said, oh, the processor is a... 2.8 gigahertz quad core Intel Core i7, you know, <laughs> the latest model or whatever. And then, then you know, like that's that's what we're talking about. Like that's the processing power. And the same thing goes for the website you're visiting. That website you're visiting or hosting um, is on a computer, and that computer has its own processing power. So you want to make sure that your website has enough processing power to handle the amount of traffic that it's getting. So obviously a site like Google has way more processing power than a website you've never heard of before and you're landing on it for the first time. So obviously um, we're not as big as Google. So the processing power for our website is nowhere near as strong as whatever they're using, mm -hmm. but um, you know they all have their limits no matter what they are. That's why YouTube crashed, like YouTube being as big as it was when that um, Gangnam Style video came out and it got over, what, 15 million hits or something like that? It yeah, crashed the website because <laughs> YouTube just couldn't handle it anymore. Um, and that's kind of what's happening with your website, if your website is being bombarded by spammers trying to guess what your password is, they're not sitting there behind a computer trying to type out manually one password at a time. They're using multiple computers, multiple devices to visit your website all at once, back to back, and to just keep trying different passwords in, uh, in using an algorithm that generates that password uh, on the fly. So your website, meanwhile, is being bombarded with all these requests for um, all these devices trying to guess a password. And all the while, actual users, people who are actually trying to use the website, can't. Because for them, the experience is really slow. 
um, because the processor is trying to handle so much that for folks, even though it's just like a handful of people trying to use a website, they can't because it's just so slow. And that's what was happening with um, one of my websites. Um, it, it was just running really slow. WordPress was lagging behind. And then at one point it actually timed out and I got a 504 error that just said your server uh, timed out, try again later, you know, something generic like that. I'm scratching my head going, what is going on with this website? So that's when I checked the performance and I noticed it was constantly above 90%. And I was like, whoa, something's really wrong here. So, um, you know, I did what anybody would do when they have, um, you know, suspicion that something might be wrong with their computer. I installed a antivirus or malware to scan the server and see if there was anything going on. And sure enough, it found like over 20 files that were malicious or suspicious. So I ended up deleting those files and it helped. Um, instead of being constantly at 90%, it went down to like 10, 12, where it should be. So, um, so but what's so yeah. special about those files, Eric, right? Were the fact that they were generic files that are installed on all WordPress sites, right? Like you weren't using that file, but the file was there. Some of them, yeah. Some of them came with WordPress. Um, so hackers do have a way of manipulating core, core files of a WordPress website by exploiting um, vulnerabilities in plugins and themes and things that you installed on WordPress. So you have to make sure if you have a WordPress website that you are keeping up to date on the updates, that you are always making sure you have the latest um, patch or updates for plugins and themes and WordPress because a lot of these vulnerabilities come to light and, um, you know, it gets spread out throughout the community and it, it gets picked up by WordPress and then WordPress says, oh, we got to fix that. So they fix it and then they launch a new update. Meanwhile, your website, which hasn't received that update because you haven't bothered to update it in months, is now vulnerable because it's it has all these different things that haven't been addressed. And um, what attackers do is they look for these vulnerabilities to see if you haven't fixed them or not. And, um, you know, if you haven't, then you're out of luck because now they can use that vulnerability to gain access to your WordPress files and then manipulate things to their favor or gain access to the server itself. So it's really important to keep things up to date, which I always do. Um, but with one of my websites, I think the one um, in question here is that they have over 2,000 users, uh, active users on their website that, uh, you know, actually log in and do things with their own personal accounts on the websites. And although I do have a minimum security um, level for passwords that forces them to put in um you know, at least eight characters with special characters, things like that. Um, it, there, it's, there's still ways that people can find um, a weak password in there somewhere and then exploit that. So your website is only as secure as the weakest password 
for one of your users. So you got to make sure. Yeah, go ahead. I would say that's 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 the mo for everything. You are as strong as your weakest link. Yeah. So check and make sure your passwords are really strong. Check and make sure your updates are um, current. Check and make sure your users' passwords are really strong. And you know the same goes for access to your hosting server, whether it's GoDaddy or Bluehost or whatever. Make sure that's strong too. Um, and just, you know, all around, just make sure you're using nice, strong passwords and don't use the same passwords either. We'll can talk about that in a minute, but, um, there's another thing that really popped up, uh, this week that, uh, kind of blew my mind. There is a file that comes with WordPress. It's called a xmlrpc.php. I know that sounds crazy, but it's a file that sits in WordPress that um, hackers can use to make their brute force attacks easier. It's a file that's supposed to make WordPress um, better, but it's something that spammers can use because they can take that file and um, use it to connect to other devices and have those devices bombard your website with um, brute force attempts where they try to um, guess the password on your website. So first of all, they figure out what your username is using one of the men, uh, methods I mentioned below uh, before. And then, you know, once they know the username, they use this uh, XML file to uh, try and guess what your password is on a massive scale. So one of the things you want to make sure you do if you have a WordPress file is to disable access to that file, which you can do with something called an HT access file. An HT access file is this little note that sits on your server. And this is probably going to go above and beyond what most people are capable of, but just know that this is something you need to do or something you need to hire a developer to do. Um, or you can talk to your host at GoDaddy. You can also, uh, you know, um, chat with your host and ask them to do it. Most of them will be willing to do that. Just send them a link to the article that I'm going to put in the episode today. So make sure that you check out the comments in the episode for a link to what I'm talking about. Just take a look at the article, read through it, and you'll get a really good idea of what I'm speaking about. Um, this XML file should definitely be disabled if you're not using it because it, it just opens you up to a lot of attacks. Um, so that's what I went through this week. And you know, those are the couple of things that I learned to make my websites a lot safer. Uh, I'm still learning, obviously, because things are always changing. So it's it's one of those things you just got to keep a finger on the pulse for because uh, new things always come to light. Yeah. And so it didn't even dawn on me to have you check that because my expertise is more in uh, network and server infrastructure. Um, so. In my world, that's not an issue because I know how to prevent those kind of things. Uh, we actually ended up 
installing a firewall as well for you. Um, well, you did that. And um, working on banning countries. But we have to pay attention to where they're coming from because uh, we can't just uh, do IPs. We have to do a... In, a country that they're coming from and um, tunneling and all this other stuff. So it's a learning process. Um, so it's not going to be perfect right out of the gate. It's something that you're going to have to monitor and pay attention to. Um, so this is pretty much bouncing off of a previous uh, episode that we did as far as passwords go. So uh, that episode was pretty basic, um, but to be more granular with what we're going through now, um, I'm going to talk about the types of brute force attacks that can happen. Okay, so there's, uh, according to my knowledge, as well as several other websites, there's five different versions of brute force attacks. Um, the first one is just a simple one where um, someone is just trying to get in using uh, guessing a user's login name with their credentials. Uh, this one's simple because a lot of the time someone is sitting in back of a computer and they're trying to guess what your username is and using dumb and weak passwords that people typically use, like password one, two, three, or one, two, three, four, or their company in the year. Um, so if, uh, if the person behind the computer knows who they're attacking, they have a better chance of getting in if that user is using generic passwords. Um, the second one is a dictionary attack where they possibly know what the user's name is, but they go through a dictionary. Now, this is where a uh, machine comes in. They go through dictionary words uh, and manipulate them and add symbols or numbers to them to try to guess the person's password. Um, this is used when someone, you know, let's just say I'm using the password asshole and using the A as a four and the S's as dollar signs. It's, it's pretty typical. So they'll have a machine try different variations of that word to see if they can get in. Uh, a hybrid brute force attack is a mix between the dictionary and the simple brute force attack. Now, this is normally a person sitting in back of those where they know the username and they're sitting there and guessing themselves um, what the password could be. Um, again, this is somebody uh, or a group of people that may know the company or the person in it. Um, so those are more personalized, more directed towards certain people, whereas the dictionary attack is just trying to guess something from a bird's eye view. Um, then you have a reverse brute force attack. Uh, now this one, this one sucks because they already know what the password is. Now they're trying to guess your username. And that's a horrible one because your username is pretty finite. A lot of the times um, it's just your first name or your initial and your last name and stuff like that. So 
if the person has already guessed what your password is, most likely like you left it uh, on a notepad, you have it on your computer as a as a tablet or they went into your phone or something. Um, now they're just trying to guess what your password, I mean, what your username is at this point. Um, so this is one of the worst ones because uh, it's just a matter of time, like a matter of, you know, within an hour to like a few days for them to guess it because it can't be that many. Um, and the last one is credential surfing. So this one is even worse because they already have your username and password. They found out what it is and they can gain access to it. Now what they're trying to do is try to figure out what other access you have by testing it in other areas because like I've mentioned in the previous uh, episode of passwords, people have a tendency of using the same password for different sites, whether it's a variation of it or if it's the same exact one. The hacker knows that this is a vulnerability. This is something that people tend to do because it's easier for them to recognize, which is why I also mentioned back in that previous one to use um, LastPass or Dashlane of some sort. Um, even Google Chrome has its own, you know, a password structure or suggestion for you to use, and you only have to remember one. Um, but they use this to see if they can get into other aspects of your business or even your personal life, because uh, people tend to use the same passwords on and off, um, you know, the clock. So these are things that you have to be careful of. We're not like people aren't telling you these things, you know, just to be annoying. They're telling you because they are concerned about you um, being hacked from different aspects. So not again, not only your work life can be hacked into, but your personal life as well. So these are things that you have to take into consideration when creating usernames and passwords for your organization as well as your personal life. Uh, so I hope that this information has helped you. Um, we hope to create smarter people uh, as, during our process so that people are more security aware and, uh, be, and are able to look after themselves. So Eric, is there anything I'm missing? Yeah, I, I think so, I covered I mean, everything. I I think our goal is to put all these low lives out of business so they have to get an actual job because they're just making the internet a whole lot worse for everybody else. Um, so definitely take this uh, advice. And uh, I know a lot of this can be above what some people are capable of, but if you own a website, um, you should definitely be speaking to your developer or host on making sure your website is protected because as soon as they discover your website from that point on you are just going to be bombarded on a daily basis they don't give up they they just they don't give up so you got to make it as hard as possible and yeah definitely check out our podcast episode 9 on passwords cuz we talked in depth about um how to structure your password we also have a blog post on the website on passphrases. 
Um, so if you're not a big fan of passwords, a passphrase might be an easier way for you to create passwords. Um, and, you know, if, if you're not already using one, you should be definitely thinking about using a password management tool like LastPass. So we'll include a link to that as well in the in the comments. So definitely check out the comments. We're going to be putting a lot of links in there to some really good resources. Yeah. Um, and this also goes for just regular people. Um, if passwords are very easy to uh, look over, you think they're annoyance, but this is a security. This is a key into your digital life. So even if you don't understand all the technological stuff that we were talking about in this episode, just understand that your password needs to be secure from other people. So tune in next week at 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 11 a.m. Pacific Standard. If you enjoyed the podcast and would like to support our journey, please share and follow us on all social media accounts. Just look for Tassel and if you're interested in learning about TaskRuler and how we can help you make, market, and manage your business, head over to TaskRuler.com and sign up for a 14-day trial. Also, our first 300 subscribers are eligible to become a founding member, which comes with lifetime benefits, exclusive offers, and best of all, your rate never changes no matter how much we grow. Well, thanks for listening to Becoming a TaskRuler. Once again, I'm William Fretz. And I'm Eric Alves. And we'll catch you on the next episode.